0: We're going to read about five verses in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning to read in verse 3. His divine power, what kind of power? Divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if we possess these qualities in ever-increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive, In your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before you see, to turn to someone and say to them, We're going to do some Bible math. We're going to do some Bible math. You may be seated. God bless you. Since we have come to Christ, since we are in Christ, we have entered into a new kingdom, a kingdom that is established by Christ, and we are in Him. And He teaches us, every one of us, by His Holy Spirit, how to live for Him and serve Him and love Him. Praise the Lord. I've come with some ideas today to share with you about something that I think is simple enough for every one of us to do, but hard for us to put into place. And that is Bible math. The title for today's message is Bible Arithmetic. We're going to teach you some basic mathematics that will be taken from the Bible that should inspire you to want to do Bible math in this service today and when you go home after this service is over. To begin with, we're going to show you some signs today. The Bible tells us that God's Word shall be followed with signs. We're going to precede even God's Word with some signs. The first sign I've already installed here on the pulpit. I do this from time to time in my preaching. And if you've ever been to a filming of a television program or uh, any kind of uh, videotaping or something, sometimes they'll prompt the audience to do certain things. Like just before the commercial, applause sign comes on. Yes. Or maybe uh, some says something that's funny. Laugh. And uh, give you instructions by a sign. So we're going to help you today. You ready? This is our sign we're going to use. Oh, you got it already. (laughs) We don't even need to turn the volume up that much. We'll just tweak it a little bit, okay? A little more volume. Okay, very good. You're getting with it. We're going to use some other signs. Some mathematic signs. Signs that we're very familiar with. Tell me what that means. Plus, what's it mean to do? Add. Minus. What do we do? Subtract. Subtract. Multiply. What do you do? Multiply. And? Divide. What do you do? You divide. We're going to use these signs today. They're found in the Bible. And I'm going to ask you to look at portions of Scripture that will tell you what to do about these signs. Now, you're sitting here today and you're wondering, what is this all about? Well, here's what happens in life. From time to time, we all make a mess. All made a mess, haven't we, at one time or another? And when we kind of make the mess, sometimes we want to back away and go, that that wasn't me. I didn't do that mess. Oh, yeah, you did. It's like a mom going into a teenager's bedroom. Who made this mess? She already knows who made the mess. God sometimes goes, who made this mess? I'm coming back. Your mom says, and I'm coming back in a half an hour, and this room better be cleaned up. If we've made a mess, God wants us to fix it. And he's going to give us some instructions how to clean up the mess. The best thing to do is once you clean up the mess is don't make a mess again, right? And the Bible's going to tell us how not to make a mess anymore. And we're going to use very basic arithmetic, Bible math, to come to those conclusions, Okay. Let's look back at our passage of Scripture and in verse 5, verse 5, let's read this verse. For this very reason, make every effort to add. It doesn't say make some effort to add. It doesn't say make occasional efforts to add. It doesn't say add when you feel like adding. Don't add if you don't feel like it. The Bible says that we, you and I, are to make every, every, every effort. Effort, every reason, to make every effort to add to your faith. Have you been adding to your faith lately? Or have you gone a little bit in your faith and now you say, well, that's okay for where I am right now. And your Christianity has plateaued. Maybe you've been going along for a while and you say, well, I added before and I added before, but I'm going to take a little vacation. I'm going to take a little rest because I'm worn out. You're making excuses why you're not doing any adding. You're all in big trouble right now because God is going to tell you it's time for you to start adding. Right now, this day in this church, God wants to get a hold of your mind so you will know He wants you to make every effort to add. And don't stop any effort. Keep making the effort. Keep making the effort. Because you're doing it by faith. You're going to make every effort by faith. We live in an economy in this world. It's a monetary economy. I share this principle all the time. And if you go down to the restaurant, you're going to get something to eat. You're not going to be able to get up after you eat and just walk out to your car and drive away. They want to be paid. What are you going to give them? Well, let's see here. I picked up two leaves from a maple tree and uh, I got, had an acorn here, and here's a rock from the garden. Yeah, there's, there's something for what we ate. Now, they want money. You get gasoline, you put the gas in the car, you put it back on the pump, and you, you go, okay, and jump, just jump right in your car and drive away. Well, the police are going to be at your driveway when you get home. <laughs> Why? You didn't pay. Our world is in an economy of finance. And finance requires us to have money. If you don't have any money, very soon you'll be homeless and hungry. You're going to need money. That's the way our world works. The kingdom of God is a faith economy. Everything you get, you appropriate by faith in the true and living God. Abraham started this and it says Abraham had faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. You need to have things credited for you. Now, some of you have just been filling up with God's gas and not paying for it. Some of you have been filling up with God's hamburgers and you haven't been paying them for it. You haven't been adding. You haven't been adding to your faith. You've gotten used to not paying. You've gotten used to where you've been sitting. You've gotten used to where you are. You're sitting on a plateau with a pretty good view of the valley. Boy, it's a whole lot better than I used to be. And that's fine. It's not enough. Look at what the Bible says. It says that we are to add to our faith goodness. I'm going to use a little calculator right here. We're doing math today, okay? Would that be all right? Goodness. Add to goodness knowledge. Add to knowledge, self, oh, out of control. Oh, it says self-control, doesn't it? What are we being out of control for? God can be in control, right? Oh, self-control. Perseverance. Add perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. Whoa. Godliness? Me? Me? I'm supposed to be godly. People are going to look at me and go, well, there's the godliest person I have ever seen. Don't think that that's not supposed to fit. God's got a suit in your size with godliness. It fits you. Take it off the rack and put it on. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, ooh, Love. What's our grand total? That grand total is a Christian who, according to this word right here, can participate in God's divine nature. Can everybody just do this stuff and add it all up and get it? No. Only the believer, only the child of God, only the one who's saved only the one who has Jesus in their heart, only the one who has given their life completely to Christ can actually participate in God's divine nature. That separates the saints from the ain'ts. What are we talking about here? When this all adds up, your life is going to be where God wants it to be. And unfortunately, we're not getting everything we can get. And who's doing that to you? You. God wants it to happen so you can participate in His divine nature. There it is right there in verse 4. Through them you may participate in the divine nature of God and escape the corruption of this evil world. That's a good thing to escape from. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, participating in the divine nature, you need to know that that is available to you. As a child of God, God's getting you ready for heaven. You're going to be participating in God's divine nature when you hit heaven's shores. You're going to be changed completely in a twinkling of an eye and transformed, boom. And you'll be transformed perfectly into the image of Jesus. That's the way God planned it, and that's going to happen because God planned it that way. But here's the great news. You can start participating in that divine nature right now here on earth. Ooh, I'm a child of God. I've got the divine nature in me. Whoa. Wow. I'm walking around. I'm meeting all these other people, bumping into them and everything. They don't have this divine nature. They're just regular people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not normal. You're not normal. We've known that for a long time. (laughs) You're not normal. You're not a normal person. You've been called. You've been chosen. You've been set apart. You've been made a child of God. You're not normal. You're different. You're like angels in disguise. Think about that. Heaven dwellers, angels in disguise. Praise the Lord. I'm just looking at you, and I think you could all use a proverb. Turn to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5. Proverbs 1 5. And it says this Let the wise listen, and what's the next word? Add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. Notice that we're supposed to add. So you're supposed to be wise, and listen, and learning, and discerning. Wow, that's good news, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes we're not getting all we can get. Now, suppose you go to a restaurant this afternoon on your way home, and they give you mashed potatoes and meatloaf, and they shave the meatloaf real thin, and it's like roast beef. And they give you a big, tablespoon full of mashed potatoes just one are you going whoa whoa! is this it you'd be straightening this thing out hey I get more than this how'd you like a McDonald's cheeseburger with no burger (laughs) hey you left out the burger you want to get what you can get we're not getting all we can get because we're not listening enough and notice this word right here it says let the wise listen And let the discerning get guidance. You'll get when you let. Okay, here it is. In the letting, it leads to getting. You have to let things happen in God. You have to let the Holy Spirit direct you. But when you let it, then you need to obey. And as you let, God is going to start Adding and adding and adding and adding all of his promises unto you. And you can get all you can get rather than not getting your share. Amen. Turn your neighbor and say, do the math. Do the math. Okay. What's our next sign? Subtraction. Subtraction. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 1, you know this verse of Scripture. You've read it so many times, but you've never thought about it according to Bible math. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, there's the let, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. God wants us to subtract things in our life. We haven't wanted to subtract them. I want to do my own thing, God. I want to do the things I used to do. I want to do what I feel like doing, when I feel like doing it. Lord, don't try to take that away from me. You can have all the rest. I want this, failure to subtract and do Bible math will hinder you and stop you spiritually right where you are. You'll max out right there. You need to be willing to let go of sin. You need to be willing to let go of different things in your life that you've tolerated for a long time. Yes, that's going to be good for you. You think holding on to them is good for you. It's not. They entangle you. That's Bible. You need to subtract these things and get them out of your life as quick as you can. Now, I want everybody today to think about now and on the way home and when you're home, what has to be subtracted around here? What do I need to subtract in my life? What do I need to get out of my life? And I don't care if you're, say, four months or 40 years. You've got some things. you got some. Who made this mess in here? You did. I'm not saying it's a horrible mess. I'm saying it can be cleaned up. And when you clean it up and get it out and you're not entangled anymore, your life is going to take on a whole lot more freedom, a whole lot more opportunity for the divine nature, the very divine nature of God in your life. Now, this doesn't mean by you subtracting this that next week you're going to come in here holier than thou. I subtracted a whole lot in my life. Now I wear robes, sandals. And everybody, God bless you. God bless you. Anybody would like me to pray for them? One of those things? No. We're talking about you having an inner freedom in Christ to have the divine nature being manifest in you. And people go, what's going on with you? What's happened to you? Oh, I'm a Christian now. Wow. Is that Christianity. I want it. I want to get some of that. You have such peace about you. You have joy. You have happiness. I could use some happiness in my life because things are a mess. You mean I can get free from the mess? Yes. When you start subtracting. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says right there. Get rid of habits, patterns, people. People. Get rid of people. Yeah. Get rid of some people. Some people aren't a good influence on you. You remember what mom always said. Don't hang around with them. You'll be in trouble with, uh, just like the, uh, huh. Uh, don't hang around with the wrong crowd. Don't you think God has that advice for you too? Places? I don't know why I fell into sin, Pastor. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time. You were a duck sitting on a pond and the, the devil had his shotgun loaded. It was easy. Blast you right out of the water. Okay, or places or things. Things, things that need to be put aside. Sometimes things are entangling us. Okay, you don't need those things anymore. Why? Because you've got Jesus. Now, putting these things aside, I'm going to finish this section with this. Putting these things aside is not easy. But you can work at it and you can do it. And they can be put aside. And once you learn, when you put those things aside, how much easier it is for you to follow Christ and walk by faith, you're going to say, ah, yeah, this works. So think right now what you're going to put aside. We're going to take a break. Think what it is. What do you need to put aside? What things need to be put away? What things need to throw in the trash can? What thing do you need to distance yourself from? Bible math. You start doing it, starting right now. And I'm telling you, you'll be coming back next week and going, Pastor, I'm, I'm, Pastor, whoa, you won't believe what's going on in my life. I feel so free. Praise the Lord. Next thing, what are we going to do? We're going to multiply. Multiplication is in the Bible. Come on. You're really stretching it now. Oh, no. It's in the Bible. Amen. Take your Bible and turn with me to Mark chapter 4 and verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop. What's it? Multiplying 30, 60, and even 100 times. Some of us are okay having things add up a little better. You're using the wrong sign. There are some things God wants you to use this sign. And when you start using that sign, suddenly everything starts to change. This is kingdom principle. Some people are just not... I don't want just enough. Back to your message, Pastor, two weeks ago. Some people are satisfied with just enough. God is more than enough. He's a more than enough God. He's a more than enough God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So don't be using this sign when God wants you to use this sign. Here's the way it works. Two plus two is four. Two times two is four. Ah, see, Pastor, it doesn't work. Oh, really? Let's change it. Seven plus seven is 14. Seven times seven is 49. Now, do you want a job that pays you $14 an hour? Or do you want the job that pays you $49 an hour? Now, if this works in this world... Don't you think it works good in the kingdom of God? Why are we doing this when God can do that? Multiplying, multiplication in your life. He's talking here about fruit, but he's talking about the word of God getting into you, the good soil. Make yourself as ready for God's word as you possibly can all the time. Don't waste one second where there's teaching going on, where you can get more of the Word of God. Sunday school, morning worship service, riding in your car, watching on television, whatever. You want word, 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 word. Good soil, good soil, good soil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the way it works. All right, that's going to lead us to our last point. Everybody say, do the math. math. We're going to do some division. And division... Happens and you won't think so, but Jesus will bring division. Not a chance. Oh, really? Take your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. We're just a little bit earlier in our Bible right there. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring you peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the member of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will find it. This isn't comfortable. But following Jesus has to be number one in your life. It's comfortable when you're following Jesus, But when all the other people around you, even people that are close to you, don't want to have anything to do with you because you follow Jesus, doesn't mean you go back. If the division happens, the division happens. Jesus wants all of us to know, to count the cost, and I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what the loss. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you're going to have loss, but you're going to have to count that as cost, following Jesus. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to finish up with this. I'm going to have you turn to John chapter 9 verse 16. John 9:16. Some of the Pharisees said, "This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath." But others asked, "How can a sinner do such miraculous signs?" So they were divided. You're going to have to follow Christ no matter if you have everybody else's approval or not. Jesus has come to make a dividing line. And you're either with Christ or you're going to be against Him. The Pharisees, the people that were supposed to be the godly people in the time of Jesus, were not going in. They were divided and they were on the wrong side of the division. This happens. Jesus knows it's going to happen. Jesus is telling us in advance that that happened. But are you going to follow Christ by faith or are you going to follow Christ by feelings? You've got to follow Him by faith. And here's the conclusion. Bible math, number one, add Christ. Number two, subtract the world out of your life. Number three, multiply your faith. And number four, accurately divide the Word of God. Stand with me if you will. Believer, there's no reason why you can't get an A in Bible math. Heavenly Father, pray over this congregation right now as people are evaluating, Lord, those things that they need to get out of their life, those things that have been entangling them, those things that have been besetting them. And Lord, every one of us have something. So Lord, I pray that you'll help us in overcoming these things that entangle us and hold us back from participating in your divine nature. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping. Father, I pray for those that may be young in the Lord and there's division in their lives from family members who might be judging them, who might be thinking they're making a wrong decision by following Jesus. Lord, we've made the right decision and we know it. So, Lord, protect everyone who may be going through this and strengthen their faith and let them take up their cross daily and follow Jesus.